Once there was a young seminarian. This seminarian got excited in class one day and headed out to the streets to preach. So she went to the local coffee shop, to her favorite barista. She went up to her and said, Jesus is king. The barista grabbed a cup and said, how do you spell that? Unfazed, our eager seminarian runs back out to the street, makes a beeline for the Capitol building. She runs down the aisle. Somehow she gets through security. I don't know. She goes in front of the podium and she says to the speaker of the house, Jesus is king. The speaker says, king? Who wants a king? We're a democracy. At this point, the seminarian's getting a little discouraged. So she heads back out to the street and she sits down on the curb to think for a second. And along comes a young mom walking down the sidewalk. There's a baby strapped on her chest. She's pushing a double stroller, so there's two more screaming children in the stroller. The seminarian perks up, someone else to preach to. So she comes up to the young mom and she says, Jesus is king! The young mom gives her this look and says, Who cares? I just want a nap. And our young seminarian wonders, who cares that Christ is king? What difference does it make? Who cares in the coffee shop or the cubicle? Who cares in the dentist's office? Who cares at the PTA meeting or in the bedroom or in the grocery store? We know saying Christ is king means someday everything will be made right. Someday there'll be no more evil and sickness and death. Someday all oppression shall cease. But that's a lot of someday. What about the here and now? Who cares that Christ is king here and now? What difference does it make? Well, the book of Revelation reveals, that's why it's called Revelation, it reveals that it makes all the difference. Sometimes we think Revelation is a book that's just about the someday. Nope. It wants to open our eyes to the here and now and give us a God's eye view behind the scenes of right now. N.T. Wright and Michael Byrd write this. The author of Revelation is not trying to console his audience with the truth that all is well in heaven and one day all will be blissful on earth. Rather, he's calling them to believe and behave in the light of the triumph of the Lamb and the coming redemptive judgment of God. The truth that Jesus is king changes everything in the here and now. So I want us this morning to follow our young seminarian on three stops, just like in Charles Dickens. Maybe we can call it a Christ the King carol. So imagine with me that the Holy Spirit picks her up, whoosh, and sets her down, three stops, as we seek how Jesus is the king makes a difference for the here and now. So here we go. I can't make a TARDIS sound for any of you who are Doctor Who fans. First stop, the Highwood Coat Drive. She's plunked down in the middle of the sanctuary from the past couple days. There were clothes piled up, racks and racks of it. People from the community kept bringing in more clothes, and poor Jenny is trying to, you know, arrange them. People from the local school are here to help. There's salsa music playing, thanks to my former Zuma instructor, Umberto Campos. Outside, people started lining up a couple of hours in advance in the cold. Mostly women, 
a lot of little kids, most native Spanish speakers. What does it mean at the Highwood Clothing Drive that Christ is king? Does it make any difference at all? It makes all the difference. Because the good news at this stop is that this Jesus is king. I hear king in the abstract. I think of someone stern and distant and a little irrelevant. But our king is not a king in the abstract. Our king is Jesus, the Jesus that we know, the Jesus who was poor and relied on the gifts of others for his food, his housing, his clothes. This Jesus is king, the one who healed the people whose bodies kept them on the outskirts of their community. This Jesus is king, the Jesus who washed the stinky feet of his servants and took naps. This Jesus is king. Our king is the one who came to preach good news to the poor, to set the captives free, who doesn't despise the brokenhearted or snuff out a smoldering wick, cares for physical bodies and sin-scarred souls. This Jesus is king. This Jesus came to gather not one special nation, but all nations and people groups into his kingdom. This Jesus receives praise in Spanish. A él sea la gloria y el poder. And in Kinyarwanda, and in Japanese, and in Korean, and in Chippewa, and yes, even in English. This Jesus is king. This Jesus reigns. Este Jesús reina. This Jesus is the one who sits down to teach and says first thing, blessed are the poor, and the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This Jesus is the king standing in line at the highwood coat drive in the hands of those who receive. And he's the one served through the hands of those who gave. This Jesus sat before Pilate, bedraggled and accused. This Jesus was a refugee and an immigrant. This Jesus knew hunger and thirst. This Jesus gave women and children dignity that no one else did. This Jesus loves us. He gave his life for us. He's at work for our good now, even as he was in his life on earth. This Jesus is king. So if you are poor or poor in spirit today, your humble, tender king says, come. Come near and feast. The kingdom of God is yours. This Jesus is king. Alleluia. Whoosh. Next stop. Our young seminarian opens her eyes, and she's not sure at first where she is. There's a big building right in front of her. There's lots of chaos. There's crowds. There's shouting. There's kind of a lot of law enforcement, other officials. Over here, there's official people, official-looking people, and news cameras. Over here, there's a bunch of people holding up signs that say Black Lives Matter. These folks, some look pretty angry. Some pass out bottles of water. Some just cry and hold each other. And she sees there's a sign in front of this big building that says Kenosha County Courthouse. And it looks like a press conference is about to begin. What does it mean at the Kenosha County Courthouse that Christ is king? Does it make any difference at all? It makes all the difference. The good news is that this Jesus is king. King now. 
at work to bring all things under his just and righteous rule, his shalom, as Pastor Stephanie said. Revelation reveals to us there's a real battle going on behind the scenes, here and now. And there are human rulers and spiritual beings who are against Jesus and in rebellion against his rule, here and now. In a wonderful book I discovered this week on reading Revelation through African-American culture called Can I Get a Witness? Brian Blount quotes another scholar who says this. Jesus came not simply to pour oil on our wounds or cover up the sinfulness of the world. He came to destroy the works of Satan. He did this not by matching the power of Satan with equal power, not with propaganda or violence, nor with the simple pietistic sentimentality of the sweet, gentle Jesus. He did it by his incarnation, his identification with the poor, the meek, the lowly, by his engagement in the struggle for God's kingdom of shalom and justice and love, even at the price of his life. This Jesus, the same one who binds up our wounds, who's near to the broken in heart, he is the king who came to destroy the works of the devil. Violence and destruction and death, these are the works of the devil, which King Jesus is at work to destroy. Systems in which people who look like me are worth more than people whose skin is brown or black, these are the works of the devil, which Jesus came to destroy. False narratives, false allegiances, injustice out there, and the sin in our own hearts. These are the works of the devil, which King Jesus came to destroy. This Jesus is king. But one of the things Jesus, that Revelation reveals is that anyone who comes up against this Jesus, who's king, has lost already. Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth now. And he's at work to tear down and destroy the works of the devil in our hearts and in our world. But he doesn't do it through violence. This King Jesus laments. This King Jesus grieves injustice and death. This King Jesus stands at the tomb of Lazarus and weeps. And then calls out, Lazarus, come forth. This Jesus brings life out of death. This Jesus destroys evil by laying down his own life. The lamb who was slain has begun to reign. This Jesus refused to get stuff done the way the world gets stuff done, through power and guns and self-protection. And his people refused to do that too. You know, Jesus was once hunted down by a man. Now, this man thought he was hunting down Jesus' followers. But Jesus says, when you hunt down Jesus' followers, you're really hurting him. This man was named Saul. Maybe you've heard of him. Saul was opposed to Jesus in every way, even though he thought he was just being zealous for God. He thought he was on God's side. So what does Jesus do? Well, he breaks and destroys the works of the devil in Saul's life. But how does he do it? By showing up and saying, Saul, look at me. He bears witness. He sparks repentance. He turns an enemy of the truth into a witness to the truth. This Jesus is king. Jesus is even now at work to undo the works of the devil in me. And I'm not just talking about sin. All the brokenness, right? I'm talking about Kenosha. That is a broken situation, start to finish. 
that is a broken situation. Jesus came to undo that stuff. He came to make it right, starting in me and in you and in our world. This Jesus is king. Alleluia. Whoosh. All right. Our seminarian is a little emotional at this point. And she opens her eyes at the last stop. Right there at Church of the Redeemer. Imagine, what do you think she sees? What does it mean at Church of the Redeemer that Christ is king? What difference does it make? Does it make any difference at all? It makes all the difference. (laughs) The truth that this Jesus is king is like a giant magnet, always pulling at us who have the spirit in us to reorient everything in our lives so it lines up with God's kingdom. It pulls at our hearts for repentance. It pulls at our shame, desiring to heal through love. It pulls at our pocketbooks. It pulls at our attitudes and our conflicts and our hurts. It pulls at the laws we put in place and the institutions that we build. And it pulls at us to bear witness in our words and in how we live our lives. Because that's the cry of revelation to the people of God. Testify. Bear witness. This Jesus is king, the ruler of heaven and earth. Shout it in the streets. Show it in your lives. Testify to his goodness, his gentleness, his love. Testify that he's even now unmaking the works of evil and setting the prisoners free in our hearts and out there. Testify he's the king of truth, not power. Testify of his goodness. Testify by what you lay down for the sake of his name. Revelation shows us that the people of God triumph not by might, not by guns or armies, not through political power. Hear these words from Revelation 12. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, that enemy we talked about, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We triumph, even here and now, through the blood of the Lamb, because this Jesus is King. And by the word of our testimony, which includes being willing to offer our lives as Jesus did, we testify that this Jesus is King. We testify when we offer coats to people who need them. We testify by how Jesus loves us when we're poor or poor in spirit. We testify when we lament or cry out against injustice. We testify when we worship. We testify when we love our kids. We testify when we ask for forgiveness. As we align ourselves to the kingdom of God, everything in our lives, in our hearts, in our worship, in the things we build and make in the world, cries out in a loud voice, this Jesus is king. Repent and believe the good news. What do you want to testify, Church of the Redeemer? This is the scary part, right? What do you want to testify today? Would you stand with me? I 
I want us to try just shouting out to the Lord or whispering if you're more of a whisperer. Say it to the Lord. Lord, you are king. Say it out. Yes, Lord. Imagine he's coming with the clouds. What do you want to say? Lord, amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Beautiful, Lord. What do you want to say? You speak another language. Say it in your language. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, King. Yes, amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Triumph over evil. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Be the king in my heart, as you are. Be the king at Church of the Redeemer as you are. Be the king in the city of Highwood. Be the king in Kenosha. Be the king in the Capitol building, Lord. Come and bring your kingdom. We thank you that you are and you will. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.